Welcome to Legends of the Hall, the podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs. We're telling the stories of the greatest stars in the history of Pro Rodeo. Today's program is coming to you from the Grandview at Las Vegas, our longtime home during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Today we hear from one of the newest inductees into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, five-time world champion steer wrestler, Luke Branquino. This is professional rodeo announcer Steve Kenyon, Legends of the Hall, being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of Pro Rodeo, long live Cowboys. In just a moment, we'll meet Luke Branquino. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit, or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Hi everybody, this is Steve Kenyon. Thanks for all of your support of our 8 Seconds Media radio shows, the new Steve Kenyon podcast, and our social media sites. Now you can wear 8 Seconds Media wherever you go. Just visit the 8 Seconds Media store, ball caps in some fun colors, t-shirts in all sizes for men and women, and with fall coming, we've got some warm hoodies waiting for you. Just click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Welcome to Legends of the Hall. We are in Las Vegas at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, week number two of the Wrangler NFR, and uh, the rodeo will end on Saturday night, December the 16th. Already been a lot that's happened. If you've been watching the television broadcast on the Cowboy Channel, you've had a chance to hear the insights of one of the newest inductees, actually two of them, uh, inductees into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, Butch Knowles and Luke Branquino, both part of the 2023 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame class. Luke Branquino, five times a world champion steer wrestler. And I just thought I'd take you back before we hear my interview with Luke with a chance to hear what Luke had to say during the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, courtesy of the Luke Branquino podcast YouTube channel. Here's Luke Branquino on the day that he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. We begin with his introduction by the Master of Ceremonies, Dave Appleton. Our final inductee this morning comes to the Hall of Fame carrying five gold buckets. 14 trips to the National Finals Rodeo. Untold wins at the National Finals Rodeo in the go-rounds. He dominated in the building, he dominated in the arena, and he is our final inductee. All right, I promise I'm not gonna cry. That's too late. Thanks, Jeff. Um, he said he was gonna do that when we were up in Calgary. He said, I'm gonna probably make you cry, and he did good. But I don't have a great memory because I'm a steer wrestler. I have, I have hit my head a lot, so I wrote my speech down. The problem with that is I am a steer wrestler and my grammar and my spelling is horrible and I have to read it. So we're going to give it a shot here. July 2015, 2010. I was rushing Lindsay to hurry, uh, hurry up and have Jameson. Like a typical rodeo cowboy. And he's celebrating his 13th birthday with us today. So happy birthday, bud.
As an 11-year-old dragging around the arena with the help of family friend John Black, I never imagined that I'd be standing up here. Um, my brother Casey and Joey Ames dragging on the steer's tail, so I didn't get stepped on very much. I think they still want me to get stepped on a little bit. I've had the honor of traveling with some tough cowboys, with the toughest cowboys going, and all that did was make me a tougher competitor. So thank you guys that I got to travel up and down the road with. The honor of riding some of the best horses in the business, which made my job that much easier. <laughs> my parents, John and Brandy, for giving my brothers and I every tool we needed to be successful. And it was up to us to use them. Whether it was horses to practice on, compete on, cattle to practice on, arenas, lights, whatever it was. And to the countless hours in the truck hauling us around the country. My brothers, Tony would always call in and check and see how I was doing and always give me words of encouragement. Casey always competed at the highest level and made me want to be better. They say iron sharpens iron and at a young age he helped me become razor sharp. This was going to be tough. My father-in-law, Mark, you're not here to enjoy this day with us, but I know you're smiling down from above. Your words always seem to make everything okay, no matter how tough the situation it was. I miss hearing them. Dr. Tandy Freeman, I'm not gonna go into the jokes we have about each other, but um, you've put me back together many times. And if you didn't feel like you could do the job, you always sent me to the best person you thought could do it. And I always had confidence to get back into championship form. Thank you for being a great surgeon and a great friend. The sponsors. I've had so many sponsors, I can't name them all, but I do want to list the two that have been with me from the beginning. Platinum Performance took a chance on this young kid back in 2000, my rookie year, and have been with me ever since. Since Church and Jeans also did the same thing. Without the support of all my sponsors, it would have been tough going up and down the road. To my boys, Cade and Jameson and Bear, I hope I've set a good example for you to follow and the mistakes I made, I can help you not make them. I will always be here for you. To this great hall, Kent and the staff, this is where the legends of the past voices echoes, saying you're amongst the greatest of the great. To the PRCA, Tom, your crew, Thank you for all you've done for Rodeo, and here's to just Rodeo getting bigger and better. To the committees, thank you for giving us a stage to show off on. Your hard work has never gone unnoticed by me. To the greatest fans in the world, thank you for buying the tickets to come watch us or turning on the broadcast and cheering us on from your television or from your couches. Last but definitely not least, Lindsay. Anybody got tissue? <laughs> the love of my life. I didn't, we didn't really know what we were getting into uh, when we got married 19 years ago, but it only feels like 10. You have loved unconditional, sacrificed so much, given where most would, forgiven where most would have walked away and became a very best friend wife, mother, and a pretty darn good nurse. 
a man could ever ask for. Oh, I'm 35 seconds long. I'm, I'll hurry up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for never giving up on me, even when I made it so easy for you to. Thank you all so very much. There's not enough time up here to explain my gratitude of all everybody has done for me. Life after competing. Well, that's an easy one. I'm going to become a team roper. Cactus ropes all the way. But in all serious, I love doing television commentary, getting to work with guys like Butch, Jeff, Joe Beaver. Um, it's, it's been so much fun for me to be able to uh, get in front of the camera and, and do that. And grateful for so many companies that have been willing to take a chance on me and teach an old bulldogger new tricks. My, my podcast, The Luke Branquino Show, if you haven't checked it out and subscribed, please do. That'll just help my ratings. Steer wrestling clinics. I've always enjoyed going out and helping the future of rodeo, whether it was learning how to steer wrestle um, inside the arena, outside the arena. It's been a passion. That's something that I will continue to do. And a Western-themed clear spirit company, which I can't divulge too much about right now, but it's going to be Mucho Bueno. I couldn't imagine being in a better group than this. Congratulations to the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame class of 2023. Thank you. And fittingly, Luke wrapped that up with a world-famous booty shake one more time from Luke Branquino. I caught up with Luke Branquino in the press room during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Well, here we are, Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, and I get a chance on the Legends of the Hall podcast to catch up with one of the newest inductees into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. I never thought I'd see Big Luke Branquino cry until the day that you gave that acceptance speech, but I know that was that meant a lot to you, didn't it? Oh, definitely, you know, and still thinking about it, and and the words that I spoke were as true as, you know, any, and, and still thinking about it gives me chills, and, and it is an emotional time, and even talking about it when people ask, I still tear up a little bit yeah you know and, and I I remember you talking a lot about family and about your support system and about all the people that helped you get there going up and down the road yeah and I mean just anybody that's rodeo knows that the people you travel with the the guys you enter with the places you stop to lay up you know in between rodeos those people are considered family because they do anything and everything to help you and right. um, then you obviously have your family at home my parents my wife my kids you know, if you were struggling, I'd call my wife and, you know, Lindsay, she'd say, you know, stay after it. And you know where you're at. You know how to get there. You know where you need to be. Um, or even when you get home, just driving around with my dad and having him talk. And, right. you know, and it, and it may not even have been about rodeo, but just something to take your mind off of it. So, you know, that support system is huge. And, uh, you know, without them, I don't know that many cowboys could make it out here. Tell me about this may sound like a dumb question, but I'm going to throw it out there. Tell me about the process. Of, of becoming a kid who comes from a generation's deep family in California to going on and making your first NFR and then winning your first world title. Throughout the course of it, I remember when Casey Field was first starting out. We all talked to him about Louis Boy. And then he started to make his own name. There is a process to all of this, isn't there, Luke? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, um, coming from a ranching family in California, you know, my folks rodeoed a little bit, um, just mainly team rope. My dad, you know, at a young age, did some stuff in the rough stock in, but nothing even close to, to, you know, what a professional rodeo cowboy would do. And, um, but they were always supportive. You know, we were always on the back of the horse at the ranch and working cows and branding and gathering and sorting whatever it took. And, um, you know, to come from that background and that process to what I was today or what I, you know, what I was back then as a, as a winner in the arena, I think it all meshed together one way or another. You need to learn how to be competitive. I had two older brothers, so right. damn sure I was trying to be better <laughs> than them. It, it, no matter what it was, whatever sport it was or in the arena or in the Brandon pin and, yeah. um, you know, to have that, that type of support and drive from, from family members is huge. Were you and your brothers always matching each other at the at the practice pen or in the Brandon pen or whatever? I mean, was it was it a constant competition? Uh, whether they thought it was or not, it was to me. Oh, yes, I I was the youngest of three, so obviously the baby, which means I was the best. And uh, anyhow, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was always a competition. Uh, the Brandon pen, especially, you talk about some heated arguments yeah. when somebody cut somebody off to take a shot to to try to show who was better. But yeah, I think in, I think that's just you know brotherhood in general you you got older brothers and you need to be competitive especially if you're the youngest yeah exactly um we're at the national finals rodeo you're you're doing tv for the cowboy channel analyzing the steer wrestling each night this pen of guys this group of guys that we've got this year tyler waggy's back is going to join you in the hall of fame someday i don't think there's any question about that dalton massey has been really good i think what have what have you seen through the first few rounds yeah dalton massey has been exceptional um watching him in the first round he did not look like an nfr rookie he backed in there got eddie set when he dropped and and he was punching him out of there sitting up riding like he'd been here you know a hundred times and that was so good to see because i think there was a lot of doubt in in some people's minds like hey He's never been here before. He's coming in number one. The nerves might get to him. But that guy has practiced with some of the very best in the world. His granddad, Sid Britt, has had some of the very best in his world come out of his arena. So Dalton knows how to knew how to handle those pressure situations, and we've seen that. One thing about Dalton, he should have been here the last couple of years, but horsepower is really did hinder him. This year he got on a good horse all year long. He got consistent hazes, and that was the main reason for him coming in number one in the world. He started on Eddie in Houston. And it took him a round or two to get used to him, and then he turned around and won used him. Yeah, and I mean Eddie's, you know, great horse there of Tanner Mylands, and he knows how to get by him, knows how to use him. Eddie, Eddie's not the easiest horse to get by in the box, but right. you know, one thing about it is when a guy finds the chemistry, even with a horse like that, it's it just it's meant to make magic, and that's what we've seen so far with Dalton. Did you ride? I don't even know which horses you rode through those five world titles. Were you on? horses you owned were you on other guys horses what do you take take me through the the horsepower that helped you get where you were yeah so i was never one to have pride of ownership um i did buy a horse a roan horse from vince walker one year and i rode him in the first four or five rounds in 2003 and and the horse got me but it it was just a pride of ownership deal um so that was the only year i've ever ridden a horse that i had owned um the first year i made it i rode brad gleason's horse junior great gray horse won a pile on him um and then 2002 uh i'm trying to think what i rode back in 2000 2001 2002 
Um, boy, I don't even remember. That's how old I am. I don't even remember. Well, I sprung a, I sprung a question on you that yeah. requires – I mean, I, I, I probably would struggle with it too. Yeah, so 2002 is when I rode the roan horse for the first three rounds in 2000. And then I got on jackpot of Brian Fields, horse of the year, rode that uh, jackpot in 2003. And then that's when things really started to roll. 2004 uh, started on Gunner, you know, with Jesse Peterson who owned him. And uh, Gunner and I had a lot of success in this building. Wrote, uh, won the world on him in 2004. Hurt in 2005, Road Gunner again in 2006, seven, uh, then Willie in 2008 won a world championship. And we, you know, what can we say about Willie is yeah. obviously one of the greatest. Um, Road Willie again in nine, and obviously that was the year I didn't get a flag when I thought right. I should have. Uh, Ten got back on Gunner. Um, 10, 11, won the world championship, and 11 on Gunner, and 12. I had to get off him in a couple rounds because he got her, uh, a little sore, and then come back in 13 and rode Gunner. 14, I was on Dakota Elder's great horse, Rusty. Yeah, and And then the last year I made him, uh, you know, rode Rusty again. So I've had some of the best horsepower that a guy could ask for underneath him and some of the best hazers. Yeah. I don't – I, I want to do a story while I'm here with Tyler Pearson because Metallica is one of the Hayes horses here this year. That horse is Hayes for four world titles. I mean, there are four guys that won. I don't know if there are Hayes horses out there that have won more. Maybe they have. But those horses don't get near enough love. No, they don't. And I'll be honest with you, the last couple of years, it's really showed how the Hayes and Powers lacked on the other side. And this year, they've got Remy Parrott with his great horse, Tyler Pearson's horse, Metallica with Clayton Haas. Um, Matt Reeves has a great Hayes horse that they're using for four guys. So, you know, there's that's half the field that you have some really good Hayes for. And um, it, it's it's impressive to watch those horses work like they do because if anybody doesn't know it, when you leave the corner of the Hazen box, you are always in third place. Yeah. Because the Bulldogger's nodding, so he knows when he's going to go. And the gate's open. That steer's already through him. The Hazer is always in third place. So to be able to be on a horse um, – you know, with that much talent, it's pretty impressive. Do you remember the night? I forget how old Willie was. They retired Willie. He ran a step. He might have placed or even won a round in the 10th round of the NFR. And they gave him a little extra love in the arena. That horse got a standing ovation. And I don't know if Curtis was crying. I know. I was I was on the radio. I was crying. Um, I mean, that was, that's, that was one of those special nights when we gave a lot of love to an animal that really deserved it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could remember it well. And I was actually here when they retired Scooter of Jimmy Powers. As you know, he had a lot of guys riding him. And, you know, those horses, are they're few and far between to have that many runs and have that many world championships won on them and, you know, to be that good for that long. And they they deserve their place. You know, I think Willie's one of those horses that should be in the Hall of Fame one of these days. I think so. I agree with you totally. Let me ask you about athleticism in bulldoggers today and and i'm coming at it from this angle i go behind the bucking chutes i'm walking up to announcer stand i'm going to go announce a rodeo bareback riders and saddle bronc riders are standing there with their leg up on the fence stretching out and i mean guys that got their ankle six inches higher in their head sometimes i don't know how they don't pull something right there are bulldoggers you're a great athlete and i don't i don't want to do this wrong are bulldoggers more athletic than maybe they were 20 30 40 years ago a hundred percent uh in fact i feel like i have got to see the transition yeah. uh when i first started guys were eh, kind of going to the gym every so often you know you'd have one or two guys doing that 
Now I'm going to say 80 to 90% of the field, they're going to the gym, they're working out, they're trying to eat right. Um, so yeah, I think just the transition of my rodeo career from the 2000s to you know the 2023 now, yeah. there has been a big change. And these guys are starting to treat rodeo like it is a sport, and rightfully so with the money that they're running at. The th- Speaking of transitions, I wanted to get here, so you just offered me a nice segue. Luke has made a great transition, I think. You're, you put, put together a good podcast. Um, you are involved in broadcasting where you cover not just, I mean, everything from bull riding to rodeo to, you know, the NFR. You've really kind of found yourself a nice little niche in the broadcast world. Yeah, and, and you know, I attribute a lot of that to back in 2004, got picked up by the U.S. Army. And uh, that was when they sponsored rodeo and right. they wanted to pick up some cowboys. I mean, Trevor Brazil, Fred Whitfield, uh, myself, and, and several others got put on that team. But one of the requirements is we had to fly to Washington, D.C. We met a lot of the, you know, higher ups in, in the in the Army, and we had to do media training. And it was that was a requirement. And I think, honestly, that helped me more so than anything, knowing you know we were a full day of media training learning how to speak in front of the camera learning right. to talk to reporters learning you know the right ways to go into a conversation and um, I think that's helped me tremendously and then obviously being successful and getting the wins and getting to do interviews with with folks I think helped tremendously too and the one thing I felt like I did start to struggle with is usually I'm used to being asked the question yeah. now I'm having to ask the or, you know I'm sorry <laughs> being asked the question I answer it now I ask the question right. and look for the answer so I find myself making sure I don't ask the question with an answer yeah. and let the let the contestant do the answering but uh, I have enjoyed it tremendously and you know thanks to PBR WCRA um you know, everybody that's had ha, had me on their show, I mean, the Cowboy Channel, it, those opportunities have helped me grow tremendously in this. I got on the radio in 1977 for the first time. I was 17 years old. I don't remember when I did my first interview, but I remember somebody coming up to me five years later and saying, okay, you're a good interviewer. When you ask the question, don't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's been tough. And, and I felt like, you know, especially with the PBR teams, um, I felt like a fish out of water the first three or four events and you know kind of needed some direction and they helped me out with that and then by the end of the year at the finals i felt like everything was as fluid as can be we had a great team of flint rasmussen uh scott shifter and brendan clark would you know jump back and forth between the analyst role, role and then matt west and kate harrison who were just gyms to work with that is a great um, team. you know it, it made life so much easier and and it was fun we yeah. really enjoyed it 20 years from now what are you going to remember about that saturday in august when you went into the pro Rodeo hall thing Oh, just, you know, looking back at all the everything that got thrown out on the table to become, you know, to be there. I think, uh, you know, there's so much sacrifice, not just for me, but my family. I mean, really, I talked about it in my speech, rodeo to be successful and be the champion like I was, I felt like was probably one of the selfishest things a person could do in their life and selfish towards their family, my wife, my kids, my parents, you know, um, and to be able to see them enjoy that moment with me and them understanding, hey, you know, that sacrifice was, was worth it is, you know, something that I'll never forget. I'm proud to call this man a friend, and I'm really just thrilled to have an opportunity to see as you go through the next generation now, Luke, how, how good you've become. And I really mean that. Um, congratulations on everything. I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Luke Branquino joining us on the Legends of the Hall podcast. 
And, of course, you can catch Luke Branquino along with Joe and Jeff and Butch and Donnie and Janie Johnson, the Hall of Fame crew that is working the telecast for the Cowboy Channel of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo running through Saturday. Thank you for joining us on Legends of the Hall. Thank you to Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. God bless everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon.